us above every name. Oh, Father, that when we mention that name, we have the ear of the Father and the knee of the devil. We thank you, Father. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Woo, we thank you tonight that the Word of God is going to fall upon good ground, good ground, good ground, committed ground, committed to work, to operate in faith principles, praise God. Oh, we thank you, Father. We humble ourselves now under the mighty hand of God. Oh, that will exalt us in due season at the right moment, at the right time. He'll lift us up, glory to God. Oh, thank you, Father. We give you glory. Oh, hallelujah. Woo, praise the Lord. You may be seated. We've been teaching for the last several Sunday nights on praying down the glory. And uh, as Pastor said, it's kind of been like a, a lost art. But I tell you what, we want everything, don't we? If they say we want the latter and the former range together, we're going to have to find out some of the latter. Praise God. Incorporate it into the noun, mix it with a going to be. Praise the Lord. And so this is one of those prayers. Pastor preached on many, the different kinds of prayer that we study. And I just briefly want to go over <coughs> some of the things that he said that were rules for praying down the glory. Praying down the glory. Let me define praying down the glory first. Now, we define the word praying <clears throat> as joining forces with God to carry out His will on this earth. Now, glory, glory, praise God, means a manifestation of God. So we might say that praying down the glory means joining forces with God to cause His presence to be manifested. Amen. So I'm going to briefly go over these uh, rules that Pastor talked about and uh, for praying down the glory. And one of them is you must be determined to pray until the glory falls. And not only till it falls, but through experience until you hear from God. A lot of times people, the presence of God are, are manifest and everybody's too quick to jump up and shout and dance and run off. And God didn't get an opportunity to say anything. He just cleared the air so he could speak. And everybody took off shouting, Oh, the Lord's here. The presence here. The glory's here. Amen. Praise God. And uh, <coughs> that really came alive to me as he was reading from Exodus chapter 24 and verse 15. He said, When Moses went up into the mount and a cloud covered the mount and the glory of the Lord abode upon Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days and the seventh day he called unto Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the glory came, but if Moses had got to shouting and jumping around and run down the hill and say, the glory is here, the glory is here, he would have never heard what God had to say on the seventh day. Amen. So you're going to have to be determined to stay there, not only till the glory falls, but that you hear from God. This, another rule for praying down the glory is have those that are praying to know what they're doing. They must know what they're doing. And if they know what they're doing, they will all be in one accord. Amen? And we base that on 2 Chronicles chapter 5. And out of verse 13, when uh, Solomon were dedicating the temple, verse 13 says, It came to pass as the trumpeters and the singers were as one. Everyone say one. one. To make one sound. Say one sound. <clears throat> That means they were all in harmony. They were all in unison. Praise God. You don't have one over here jumping in and shouting, get up, get up, get up, get up. No one's saying over there, be healed, be healed, be healed, be healed. Amen. Everyone say, thank God for the speaking in tongues. <laughs> so it came even to pass as the trumpeters and singers. So there's some praise and worship involved in praying down the glory. Were as one to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. So we see there's some supplication here, amen? And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets, with the cymbals, the instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying... And you know, Truman, when he was opening with prayer, he began to say this, for God is good and His mercy endureth forever. And when he began to say that, I could sense the presence of the Lord begin to stir. Amen. And this is what they begin to say. For God is good and His mercy endureth forever that then, that then 
After they got in one accord, after they made one sound, as they began to say, for God is good and his mercy endureth forever. For then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. You know, I feel like <clears throat> sometimes I heard John Osteen say this. He said, oh, dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord, dear Lord, give me a church that you don't have to persuade to come to church. You have, don't have to incite a right to get them to come pray. You don't have to beg them to give. Well, give me one that when we say glory, every hand in the building lifts up because it's leading praise and worship for about 20 years. You get a bird's eye view of this, and it's a shame that sometimes you have to prime people's pumps. Well, you need to get up early enough and get your own pump primed. Amen. And time we get here, the glory will fall. Everyone says the glory coming, the glory, we want the glory, we want the rain, we want the rain, we want the rain. And they're standing over there and they're waiting for somebody to come swap them with it. Well, everybody's got to get involved. With one accord, every person involved in doing the simplest thing they knew to do and saying, God is good. God is good. And his mercy endureth forever. Another rule for praying down the glory is the person who is being prayed for must know how to keep this manifestation. Praying down the glory will always bring a miracle, but only faith will keep it. Amen? And if you've got older Christians that you're praying down the glory upon, <coughs> you've got to get them involved into the worship, involved into speaking forth, and uh, involved. And another thing is you cannot force anyone to receive anything from God. You just get that on out of your head. If, if you ask them, they don't want it. Say, God bless you, and you go somewhere and intercede and begin to till their field. Praise God. Amen. Begin to dig up their ground with intercessory prayer. I want to give a couple examples of some praying down the glory before I really get into the teaching because sometimes these examples are self-explanatory and, and helps you understand the teaching better. I remember in March of 1995, we were practicing our Easter production. And if any of those that have ever been in our Easter production, we didn't do one this year in our 96 because the Lord didn't tell us to. And, uh, <clears throat> but when we would come and practice those, we were in such unity, such harmony, such an anointing. We would just weep before the Lord just in practice. And then when, when we came to do the production, the anointing was always just super. But as we were practicing one night, our Easter production, my brother-in-law and my sister Mary came up. She had an awful pain in her abdomen. And it might have been a cyst on her ovary. I don't know. Who knows? But it was excruciating pain. Is this true? <clears throat> now, the secret to that is she came, she was believing, so receiving was easy, and we didn't have to pray that long. But when she came in, matter of fact, you fell out on the power of God that night too, Tom. You got in on that glory too. And uh, <clears throat> we began to pray down the glory. We began to praise God. We began to worship and when the glory fell, they fell, and the, and the healing fell too. Praise God. She was instantly healed. And uh, <clears throat> another thing that we need to take note of here in praying down the glory, that it's best to pray in small groups unless everybody knows what they're doing. Because you can always have a lot of spectators, a lot of fear, unbelief, and what's going on, and I don't know about this kind of atmosphere. But you can't. You've got to be all in one accord, believing God. You just can't be a spectator. If you sense that you are a spectator, when the glory is being prayed down on someone, there's no shame in, in, in saying and easing on out because your presence may cause the glory not to fall. And what you're wanting is someone to get some relief. Amen? We had a lady, I had taught one night on prayer, and uh, <clears throat> we were, people came down to uh, receive hands laid on them and to stir them up and fan the fire, <laughs> praise God. And this lady was standing right over here next to these seats, and a man fell back on her. Now let me say this, because I believe that when you fall under the power of God, I don't care if you fell from this rooftop, it's not going to hurt you. But if you fell on your own, you fix to get injured. Can I have an amen? amen? And you say, well, you have catchers, you ought to catch them. And what's catchers for? Well, that's to help people that don't understand anything about falling apart keep from hollering, ooh and ah, when they go to chunking up, praise God. It's not for the people falling, because when you fall under the power of God, it's not going to hurt you. Amen? Well, this man... I want to just tell you right now, he did not fall back on that lady under the power of God. 
he wobbled around and I was watching him dive around a little bit and he was rather a heavy man, really big man and uh, he fell on her and she fell into the arms of those chairs. <coughs> now we did not carry her to the hospital but from all signs that lady's ribs were broke. She could not get her breath. She, after she fell, she fell over and we got her laid out on the floor. She could not get her breath and her body started going in the shot. We didn't have time to dial 911. That lady was in serious trouble. And so we just began to pray down the glory. Hallelujah. The praise and worship team came. We began to sing. We began to worship. We began to pray down the glory. And the, and the glory would come in waves and it would lift. It would come in waves and it was lift. And I looked around and there was a lot of people doing this. Just a look. It had a lot of spectators. They weren't participators. Amen. Well, as we just read in Chronicles, they were all in one accord. So I, I kind of stopped the show and I said, now some of you don't know what we're doing and it would be best because I don't know how long we're going to be here if you would just ease on out, praise God. And I looked at her sister. Her sister was here and she was in shock. She was scared to death because they were early people. And I said, and you being one of them, darling. She said, well, I'm not leaving. I said, well, do you mind going to the restroom and just kind of hanging around in there till it's all said and done? And so... She, she did. She went in, went on in. And so for about, the whole process was probably maybe an hour long. But as the spectators left and the fearful left, talk to Gideon when you get to heaven. He understands about getting the fearful out. Amen. So after the fearful departed, the glory fell. Woo! Hallelujah. And as she lay on the floor, we began to continue to pray. And she had a vision. She had a vision of Jesus. Her eyes were closed. He come and stood over her and he said, you're healed, you can get up now. And she popped her eyes open like this and she called me over there and she said, Jesus just told me I'm healed, I can get up now. I said, well, I suggest you get up. But it took faith to cause her to make that move. And when she made the one effort, the faith effort, she was instantly, instantly healed. Praise God. Hallelujah. And there's many in the church tonight that can uh, testify or be a witness to that story. Praying down the glory is akin to a move of the Holy Spirit and the gifts, except those gifts are as the Spirit wills. But this you can just do on purpose. You know, in your own private time, you can pray down the glory on yourself. I mean, you just, the presence of God will just come right down on you. Amen. Vine said this about the word glory. He said it was the Revelation, W. Vine's Expository Dictionary of New Testament Words. The revelation and manifestation of all, so no matter what the need is, of all that God has and is. It is said of a self-revelation or revealing in which God manifests all the goodness that is His and is brought to light. Vines went on to say this. He said the word to give glory to plays a big part in seeing the glory. Now, I'm going to say that again. He said to give glory to plays a big part in seeing the glory. To give glory to means to glorify, ascribing honor to him, acknowledging him as to his being, attributes, and acts. That's what it means to give glory to. So how do you pray down the glory? Open your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 6. <clears throat> you know, we always read verse chapter 5 and a few verses there on the dedication of the temple. <laughs> but that was not all that they did when they prayed down the glory. It appears to me that the glory came and the uh, ministers were not able to minister and then possibly the glory lifted. Because if you read chapter 6, Solomon begins to make a, a prayer and a supplication to God again and the glory falls again. So that tells me that it must have lifted. It must have lifted. And then he began to pray this prayer in Second Chronicles 6. And I'm just going to pick up uh, just a few verses for sake of time, okay? Now I would suggest you write those chapters down and go back and read them yourself if you're interested enough. Amen. Verse 14. And he said, O Lord God of Israel, there is no God like thee in the heaven nor in the earth which keepeth covenant and showeth mercy unto thy servants that walk before thee 
with all their hearts. That which has kept with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, and spake us with thy mouth, and hast fulfilled it with thine hand, as it is this day. Now therefore, O Lord God of Israel, keep with thy servant David my father, that which thou hast promised him, saying, There shall not fail thee a man in my sight to sit upon the throne of Israel, yet so that thy children take heed as their way to walk in my law, as thou hast walked before me. Now then, O Lord God of Israel, let thy word be verified, which thou hast spoken unto thy servant David. You know, in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 26, it says, Put me in remembrance, let us plead together, declare thou that thou mayest be justified. I know some people say, well, if God wants to do something, he's omnipotent, let him do it. Well, he's given dominion and, and charge down here to his born-again man. And these are the rules. If you don't like the rules, you don't get in on, on, get in on the blessing. Amen? And I don't understand why you have to go through all of this, but this is the way he did it, so I'm just going to do what he did. Amen? <clears throat> now look in verse 19. We'll just skip, skip around. Then he begins, he's, he's supplicating here, and he's still in part of dedicating the temple. Have respect, therefore, to the prayer of thy servant and to his supplication. Oh, Lord, my God, to hearken unto the cry and the prayer which thy servant prayed before thee, that thine eyes may be opened upon this house day and night, upon the place whereof thy hast said that thou wouldest put thy name there, to hearken unto the prayer which thy servant prayeth toward this place. Hearken, hearken, therefore, unto the supplications of thy servant and of thy people Israel, which they shall make toward this place. Hear thou from thy dwelling place, even from heaven, and when thou hearest, forgive. Glory to God. Now turn over to chapter 40, I mean verse 40, I'm sorry, and let's read a little bit here. You know, I copied these prayers down, and I used to pray them about this church because on the day of the dedication of our building, we read these scriptures. Praise God. We read these scriptures, and I tell you, the glory's here. It's been here from day one. Glory to God. Verse 40. Now, my God, let I beseech thee, thine eyes be open, and let thine ears be attended to the prayer that is made in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, into thy resting place, thou and the ark of thy strength. Let thy priest, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation and let thy saints rejoice in goodness. O Lord God, turn not away the face of thine anointed. Remember the mercies of David thy servant. And if you want to know whether he got results or not, read chapter 7, verse 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire, the fire, the fire came down from heaven, consumed his burnt offering, the sacrifices, and the glory, the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. Won't it be a glorious day when we come to church and the praises are lifted up and if you don't get in here before the glory falls, you can't get in through the door. You're standing there bumping up against a brick wall. Hallelujah. Well, he did it then. He'll do it again because it's called what? Glory. Glory. And there's glory in the church. Now look at verse 3. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord came upon the house. They bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and they worshiped and they praised. Everyone say, all the children. children. Parents, talk to your kids at the house. Get them involved in the praise and the worship. Not the writing of the notes and chewing of the gum. There's no glory in writing notes and chewing gum. Then drawing coloring books and laying on the floor. Man, they brought their babies. They brought their kids. Now, we put our babies in a nursery. Why? Because our where people just aren't disciplined enough to train their kids when they come. Get on the pavement and go to worshiping. Get on your face, kid, and pray in tongues. Amen. When our boys were young and we learned to pray in tongues, <coughs> and uh, they, uh, as, as, as part of our lifestyle, not just when you had goosebumps, but we found out we could pray in tongues when we wanted to. And the moment they started quarreling or saying something, that was the first thing I said. Pray in tongues, boys. Pray in tongues. Hallelujah. And the glory would fall. Amen. <clears throat> and when, verse, read it again, verse 3, all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord came upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord, saying, for he is good, for his mercy 
endureth forever. Hallelujah. The sincere, heart-wrenching, soul-searching prayer of a man with a burning desire to see people blessed, praise God, will be blessed by God. Amen? Even if they're sin in the camp, even if they have problems, praise God, Solomon prayed on this people's behalf. Now turn back to verse 26, and let's read a verse or two here. <clears throat> now he's still praying. When the heaven is shut up and there is no rain, because they have sinned against thee, yet if they pray toward this place and confess thy name, turn from their sins, when thou dost afflict them, then hear thou from heaven, forgive the sin of thy servants and of thy people Israel, when thou hast taught them the good way wherein they should walk, and send rain upon the land. I've seen people come in here that I know that just wasn't all fired up, but because someone has prayed and because of intercessors, I've seen them come down for prayer and the glory fall upon them. I've, I've heard them testify, fire shot through me, fire shot through me, glory to God. And the, I don't know what we're looking for. I guess we're looking for a firecracker. We're looking for something that looks like July the 4th. Well, he's not burning any more bushes and he may not ever come in a ball of fire as we know a ball of fire. But I tell you, the fire of God will burn out sickness. It'll burn out disease. Amen? Praise God. The fire of God. Woo! Hallelujah. He said in verse 28, if there be any dirt in the land, there be any pestilence, I'm telling you, if there's been a time of lack, this man got up and prayed on behalf of those people and said, God, if your glory will come to this place and abide, no matter who comes in here, we can sing and praise and worship and see the glory fall. Hallelujah. Whether they've got caterpillars, caterpillars or blasting or mildew, it don't make any difference, praise God. Then what prayer or what supplication soever shall be made of any man or of all thy people Israel, whenever one shall know his own sore and his own grief and shall spread forth his hands in this house, then hear thou from heaven thy dwelling place and forgive and render unto every man according to all his ways. Verse 35. Then hear thou from the heavens their prayer and their supplication and maintain their cause. So it didn't matter if they went out to war, if the elements were against them, if poverty had come against them. This man had prayed and asked God to show up. Amen. Let this place be a place where glory can fall. And we all know the scripture where he says in chapter 7, verse 14, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves so, and, uh, and pray and seek my face, the glory will come. The glory will come. Manifestations of God will come. So you've got to keep a tender heart before God. You've got to keep a repentant heart before God. You've got to keep an honest heart before God if you want the glory to show up. Amen. I remember in 1984, we were still in the, uh, the grocery store and everybody was saying, more, uh, more glory in 84. More, the glory is more in 84. You know how people try to make a little rhyme like more of heaven in 97. You know, they'll try to make some rhymes here or, or whatever for every year. And I had heard some people talking along those lines. And this was in February of 1984. And I went out to the grocery store where we were having church. And I locked the door and I went in to pray. And uh, the prayer benches that are upstairs were, uh, were our altar benches in, in, in the church. And I was sitting at one end of them. And at the far end of it was some uh, bushes and trees and stuff like that where we had decorated. And as I sit there, I began to seek the Lord, and I said, you know, Lord Jesus, everybody's talking about glory, 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 glory. I said, this would be a beautiful day just to see you. I'd like to see you, Jesus. And Jesus appeared to me, and he was way down on the end down there. And the moment he appeared to me, I remember throwing my hands up over my face like this. And I says, no, 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 like this, because I was crying out for the body of Christ. And when I took my hands down, he was not there, and I began to weep and cry. And the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me, and he said, My people are not ready for this kind of glory. He said, Pray. Pray. God's going to show up where there's repentant hearts, where there's honesty, where people are seeking God. They're, they're, they're sorrowful for their sins. They're sorrowful for their wrongdoings. Amen? Praise God. And you can have the glory fall in an atmosphere like that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So after the dedication, and uh, let's look in uh, verse 11 
of chapter 7. It says, Thus Solomon, he finished the house of the Lord and the king's house and all that came into Solomon's heart to make in the house of the Lord. And in his own house, uh, he prospered effectively. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and I have chosen this place to myself for a house of sacrifice. He said, it doesn't matter if the heavens are shut up and there's no rain or if the locusts devour the land or if there's pestilence upon the people. If my people, which are called by my name, if they'll just humble themselves, pray and seek my face, repent, turn from their wicked ways, he said, then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sins, heal their land, and mine eyes shall be open, and mine ears attend unto this prayer that is made in this place. For now I have chosen and sanctified this house that my name may be there forever, and mine eyes and mine heart shall be there perpetually. Woo! Glory to God. Hallelujah. You want to get in a place where the glory is falling? Get into a place that's prayed these prayers and are lining up. Amen. I know when we moved into this building in uh, 85, uh, Pastor <coughs> was sitting out here in the auditorium, and it was just so beautiful. I mean, we were just all struck. And I never walked into this building in all these 90, this will be 12 years. I never have walked in this building that I did not stop for one second and say, Father, I thank you for this beautiful place of worship. I thank you, Father, that people can come here and have their needs met. Father God, I thank you that every need is met for by every person that comes in here. Father, I thank you that every chair, there's someone sitting in it, praise God. See, if you look at seats as something empty, then you don't even see the vision. Every chair in this building represents somebody's faith and their obedience to God. Amen. And so I, I see them all full of people. And twice on Sunday morning, hallelujah, <laughs> praise God. But Buzzy was in here, and he was just worshiping God, and, and we didn't have the draperies on the window. And there, God, with his finger, wrote on the window. And it was a word, and it said G-M-U-W-L. And Buzzy thought at first some kids had scribbled on the window. And then he sensed the presence of God had come in. And by the Spirit of God, he knew it was a Hebrew word. And we, we looked it up. And it is a Hebrew word. And it meant benefits. That which he have given, a recompense, it's a reward. As we give God glory and believe his word and operate in faith, he's still rewarding. Amen. He said this is a place of benefits. This is a place where people can receive wards, rewards. Praise God. I tell you, the Hebrew word you don't ever want to see on your building is ikibod. The glory has departed. <laughs> Amen. In the manifestations of the devil, when we cast out devils, we could not only hear and see those demons, but we could also smell them. And anytime your senses are involved in dealing with the devil, you're not dealing with none of those what they call low-level devils. Man, you've done got one of them high ranks down here. Pray to God. High ranking. <laughs> if you can smell them, they're high ranking. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. But I've also seen when the Spirit of God would be in manifestation, and Jesus would be in manifestation. You may not could have seen him, but you knew when he walked past you. <clears throat> you could smell him. Now, Felton is given to this. <clears throat> Many times other people, he'll know when Jesus just walked by. He, you could smell him. We were in Bible school one night, and his presence was that of cedar. The whole front of this auditorium was full of the smells of cedar. And I have smelt leather. I guess the one that I smell the most are spices and roses. Spices and roses. And we saw uh, Jesus in manifestation as the glory was prayed down in our church in Crossett. And uh, uh, we smelt that fragrance, praise God. You don't always smell him, but I tell you what, you'll always know he's there. Amen. In Acts chapter 16, we know that Paul and Silas got put in jail. And at midnight, the Bible says they prayed and sang praises unto God. They supplicated. They got into the Spirit. And what happened? The glory fell. The glory fell. And, and we know that uh, the jail began to shake. There was a great earthquake and uh, the liking of an earthquake. And they were let out supernaturally. Amen. Now let's look in uh, Acts chapter 4. We're going to look at a, maybe one more scripture or two and 
then I want to share a situation where we prayed down the glory. Learned a lot in experience, amen? In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, we know that in Acts chapter 3, the man at the gate called Beautiful has just gotten healed. And I tell you, religious people don't like to see people getting up and walking that's been sitting around begging because their religion can't explain that. So they don't like it. But I tell you, Jesus likes it. Amen. So they called Peter and John in and they threatened and it's going to whoop up on their heads. But anyway, they let them go and we're going to pick it up in verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company. They knew what that company could do. Them folks knew how to pray down the glory. And they reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. Now that sounds like what happened over in 2 Chronicles, doesn't it? And when you read what they said, it sounds basically like what happened in 2 Chronicles when the glory fell. They lifted up their voice uh, to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his, his Christ, the anointed. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles. Now all of this is in their prayer. And the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, see, they're pleading their case. They're pleading, they're supplicating. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word by stretching forth thine hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Now, the results of that prayer is verse 31. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken. You know, Pentecostals, they think they shook. Well, we do shake sometimes. But oh, to be in an atmosphere where the building shook. Glory to God, hallelujah. And the place was shaken where they were assembled together and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and they spake the word of God with boldness. Now, I don't believe that they all just all of a sudden got filled with the Holy Ghost. I believe they were all in one accord and had the Holy Ghost. They all had the Holy Ghost. They were all praying. They were all in one accord, praise God. Woo, amen. Buzz and I went to Tulsa to a Bible school where there were about 250, 300 students. And, uh, and there were other people there. It was a Thanksgiving conference. And uh, <clears throat> on the afternoon that Buzzy preached, he preached on Thanksgiving Day. And uh, as he got through uh, preaching the Word of God, we got the Spirit of God began to stir and move and begin to lay hands on people. And, and all of a sudden, the power of God just came down. I mean, just there was like 250, almost, I'd, <clears throat> I don't want to exaggerate any, but if I had to say all of them, because it looked like all of them to me. There might have been one or two. I wasn't up counting them. But just from a glance across there, all of those students fell out under the power of God at one time. Everybody was down on the floor. I remember I was on some steps, and I was going to say something or do something or move, and I fell over on the step, and when my head hit the platform, I began to vibrate like this. And it sounded and felt like a train ran through the building. And I thought, well, maybe they're close to a railroad track. But they were not close to a railroad track. We were in a, in a, a building that had a basement. But I'm telling you, the place began to vibrate. The place began to shake. All the students were shaking. And the roar was that of a freight train. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And I tell you, people, uh, you just, I don't know how to explain it any further, except there were people there that day that God made an impartation to their future. When the glory fell, we stayed in the presence long enough to hear from heaven. See, it's not just for healing. It's not just for pain. But you can be financially distraught and the glory can fall upon you and dig out your ears and you can hear. Amen. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Hallelujah. But you must have a determined heart because of the words you are believing to be able to keep the charge. Uh, we prayed for people that couldn't hold a charge. They couldn't hold the glory. Because after the glory lives, you're still going to have to walk in faith. You can come down, have hands laid on you in an impartation of the Holy Spirit, 
fall out under the power of God, walk out of here, and Monday morning, and you don't have no goosebumps, you're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to walk by faith. A dead battery will not hold a charge. And so people who are not word taught and act on the word do not know how to hold a charge, and you're going to have to teach them. Amen? An undecided person cannot hold the charge of the glory of God. You can pray it down, pray it down, pray it down. And it'll come in waves, it'll come down on them, and they'll be just like they were. If a person is convinced against his will, don't ever try to convince anybody of this, amen? If you're double-minded or unstable, the book of James said, let them ask in faith, nothing wavering, because if you're double-minded, you're not going to get anything. You're going to have to have one heart, one accord, got your mind set on it, praise God, you're fixing to get results. And every time I've ever been involved in praying down the glory, the glory's always fell. Every single time. In Proverbs 21:20, you need to write this down. Because I found that many times people waste or spend up the glory and they spend up the anointing. The glory will fall and they'll start shouting and jumping and carrying on. And that's good. There's a place for shouting and jumping and a lot of carrying on. But if you fix to minister to someone in particular, you need to hold that charge yourself to put your hands on them. Release that glory. Release that glory. Proverbs 21, 20 says, There's treasure to be desired and oil in the dwelling of the wise, but a foolish man spends it up. Amplified said, A self-confident and foolish man swallows it up and wastes it. Swallows it up and wastes it. And that scripture is going to be real important to you as I share this uh, uh, experience that we had with praying with this friend of ours. Praise God. <clears throat> this lady that we knew, she was diagnosed with terminal cancer. She did not come to our church. We had not seen her in five years. So I think we can all agree that her battery was low. It was part near out of water. <laughs> it just was low. So when she came, she was very, 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 very sick. The day she showed up at church, she was on chemotherapy. She had a bottle attached to her belt and had a drip in her arm the day that she came to church for help. But let me tell you something. It's never too late for God. At midnight, at midnight, at the darkest hour, I don't care. I don't care that she had squandered herself around for five years and done this and done Love the Lord now. She loved the Lord but she never ever really got in the, in the will of God for her life, and she knew it. I'm not just saying she knew that. She had cancer all over her body. Her hair was gone. Her strength was gone. She had very little will left, and she could hardly move. <clears throat> when she, well, she came a time or two, and she progressively got worse. So pastor told us that we needed to go over and begin to pray down the glory on her. She needed intensive care in the chambers of God. So, Rosemary Norton, raise your hand. Lisa Mendenhall, raise your hand. Marsha Cook and myself, <clears throat> we began to go over and pray the glory down on her. The first time that we went, and we went into the living room, she had lemonade and cookies set out and all kinds of literature and all kinds of taste. And I said, we did not come to visit, but we come to be visited. Now, put up the lemonade and don't bake us no more cookies. We're not here to eat cookies and eat lemonade. When, when all of this is said and done, darling, we'll come back and I, want you, I said, I want you to cook us a fancy meal and we'll drink all your lemonade and eat all your cookies, but we come here to get busy for God. We didn't need any distraction. She had all different kinds of literature and taste. So the first thing I did was took all the literature and stacked it up. I'm sure later when they moved the sofa, they found a lot of stuff that I had tucked under there, up under the seats, everything. People, you've got to get, get them in faith and you've got to get them in believing and thinking the way you do. So the first time we prayed down the glory and I took the healing sheets and I began to stir myself up. I wasn't quoting healing scriptures for her benefit. Are you listening to me? She's there to receive. I'm there to give. So I didn't do this. I didn't ask her to quote nothing. She was too sick to quote. She laid there, and it was awful to look inside. It just broke my heart. Compassion fell on us, and we grabbed her and hugged her and kissed on her and cried and travailed over her. 
And then <clears throat> I read from the healing scriptures. I just started at the top. I had a little book with healing scriptures in it. And we stirred up ourselves. And the three that went with me, their instructions was this. <clears throat> you sit over there and you pray in tongues and worship God. That's your job. You pray in tongues and you worship God. Is that what we did? And then, as each one of us sensed an outflow, whoo, glory to God, of that river of life that Jesus talked about, that out of our innermost being shall flow these rivers of living water. I told him, if you sense that flowing out of you, then don't get over there and lay empty hands on this, on this sick lady. We don't want her discouraged. When you sense that flow, and believe me, I'd know, each one of us, as, that, as the Spirit of God would begin to flow and that anointing could get on each of us, they would want to just get over there. And I'll tell you what a charge of the power of God would come on us. And I guess the first time we might have done that hour and a half, two hours, is that about right? And she got up. She had a breath of fresh air. Where she was lying listless, couldn't get up off the sofa, her uh, kidneys had quit functioning somewhat. At one point that we went to visit with her, we went several times. I really, truly should have kept a diary, but I didn't. The, when the glory fell, the kidneys were released. She come flying off that couch. I mean, things begin to function. Things begin to function. Glory to God. A few days later, we'd go back over there, and she'd be in the same or even worse condition. And we'd pray down the glory. She'd get up. We went one time and she was absolutely swollen so bad that she was horrible to look at. Just, a, just swollen from all this cancer, these treatments and things. And in the same time, Pastor would talk to her and said, Honey, you've got to make a decision. How many people do you know that's taken chemo? Now listen to me. Chemotherapy is chemicals that they put in your body. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But if those chemicals get in your body, yes, there's the big possibility that they, and I know people that have had chemotherapy and recovered, but I know as many or more that took it and didn't. And the chemicals will even destroy the good parts. And there has to be some healing along those lines. But the kind of cancer that she had, chemotherapy was not helping her. It was killing her. So she needed to make a decision. So this one time we went over there and she was all swollen up. We prayed the glory down on her. And before our very eyes, the swelling went down. A miracle happened. A miracle happened. <clears throat> one day she called and she could hardly get her breath. Her lungs had completely filled up. She was just, <laughs> needed to be in the hospital. But I mean, you know, people can have some peculiar ideas. I'm a believing God, so I'm not a going here. I'm, well, no, if you're not, you need to be in the hospital. If it's happening, you need to get there. If you don't, oh. well, we're not teaching on that. We're teaching on praying down the glory. So we went over there and we prayed the glory down. And Jesus showed up. Her lungs were instantly healed. <gasps> Breath of fresh air. Day or two later, get a call from her. She was back down or even in a worse condition. So I got to thinking, where did the glory go? What happened? What's happening? And I, and I went to her one day, and I said, Honey, I said, when we leave here, you're the impediment of, of healing and health. You're up. You're down. You couldn't move. You're swollen. Now you're not. And I said, I went through all that. I said, I want to ask you something. What are you doing when we leave here? And this is what she said. Oh, I feel so good. I get up and clean my house and I go to cooking. And she gets on the phone and she had all kinds of company coming in and coming out. She was wasting the anointing. The scripture I told you needed to write down. She'd spend it up. She'd spend it up. Instead of getting into the Word and meditating under this good feeling, praise God, She'd go cooking and cleaning and getting on the phone and having company because she was very hospital. She was a precious lady. Precious, 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 precious lady. And so the Lord spoke to me and he said, you tell her, you can rub medicine on your body and run outside and hoe the garden and sweat and loss of energy will dilute it. So that's what I told her. I said, what you're doing is diluting 
and using up the anointing. You're using up the glory. She swallowed up the oil and she wasted it. Not meditate. She did not get into any kind of personal uh, uh, worship or anything like that. Just a few, oh, thank you, Jesus. You know, thank you, Jesus. Hello, yeah, praise God, feeling good. Hallelujah. Well, people, that's not going to get the job done. So I told her one day, I said, you know that we love you. We want to see you totally recovered. We're here to the end. We're here to whatever. But I said, you're going to have to do something for me. She said, what? I said, would you unplug your phone, number one? I don't want you talking to anybody else and nobody else bringing you literature over here, telling you about how so-and-so had this disease and what all they did and mess your mind up and all this kind of stuff. I said, I, don't want you to, I want you to unplug the phone. I don't want you to have any company, no literature, no tapes unless we give them to you. And I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't let anybody else come in and pray over you and lay hands on you. You say, well, why? Do you think y'all know it all? I knew that what we were doing would work if she'd be consistent and get in one accord and work with us. Amen. And we continue to do that. And Buzzy would say, you've got to make up your mind what you're going to do because her family wanted her they found they had this new drug that they were experimenting with they wanted her to take that one treatment just to see what would happen and <clears throat> she told me this she said that one third of one third of the people that that drug was used on it worked which meant this if you give the drug to three people, two of them die. And the one surviving has less than one-third chance of living because of this drug. <clears throat> and she said her family wanted, to do, wanted her to take it. I said, well, I can't make any decisions for you. I said, all I know is, is God is 100%. But you'll have to make your own decision. She came to church on a Sunday morning. <clears throat> she was so excited. I mean, she was shouting, she was dancing. I, I'm telling you, did she look like the per picture perfect of health on a Sunday morning? And as she went out the door, she says, Tommy, I feel great. I'm going to Houston on Monday, but I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not taking the chemicals. I will see you Tuesday for our prayer session. She said, I'm going because my family wants me to go. I said, go, get your checkup, whatever. And this was her decision. I'm not going to take anything else, any more of those chemicals. I'm not going to experience that. I'm going to trust God. Because they done told her there was nothing they could. I mean, she was... Phew. Well, Tuesday, I didn't hear from her. She said, I'll call you. Wednesday, we didn't hear from her. Thursday, I knew. Maybe it hurt me in the heart. I knew she was in serious trouble. Friday... Saturday night, about nine, 8, 9 o'clock, her husband called. He said, please, can you come? She's in awful shape. And I called Rosemary, Lisa, Marcia. You didn't go that Saturday? Huh? You was in? Okay. So Lisa and Marcia, we went over there. And we prayed down the glory. All the different manifestations of God's glory was there. The travail, the compassion, the laughter, quietness. Everything that had ever happened in any experience of the time that we had prayed down the glory, all of those different manifestations came, but none of them fell on her. But the glory came, but none of them fell on her. They put her in the hospital the next day. We preached her funeral the following week. The next the week uh, that they put her in the hospital, Beverly, you're here, raise your hand because some of the other ladies were busy. And I took Beverly with me, and we went to the hospital together. And the chemical had actually, I'm telling y'all this for a purpose. I don't know what purpose. But the chemical had actually burned her up. They told us on Saturday night that when they put that taxol in that lady's body, that it eat up the first two rubber hoses that they gave her a drip with. Her lips was burned. She was in a coma, and I went in, and I, I took her by the hand. I called her by her name. Beverly was with me. I said, darling, I said, we love you. 
that had no response from her. This was like on probably Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. <coughs> She'd been there all week. They said no response from her at all. They had her all propped up. And I had her by the hand, and I said, called her by name. I said, Buzzy loves you. Buzzy loves you. He told me to come tell you he loves you. And she squeezed my hand. Something on the inside of her jumped when she heard the man of God's name mentioned. And she never made another motion. She died. But when we left the hospital that day, Beverly and I came back over here to the church. And I tell you, we cried and cried and called out to God. But you know, it wasn't in the travail, but I felt cheated. I felt like I had been robbed. and it, 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 We cried and cried and cried. I said, oh, dear God, dear God, dear God, dear God, help me, help me, help me. I was just crying out for myself. I felt so robbed. I felt so cheated. And I heard these words come right up out of my spirit. Your answer is in 2 Kings 3.18. So I want you to turn there because this is part of this teaching on the glory of praying down the glory and understanding. Did you know that if, if you have some opportunities to minister the Word of God and maybe things didn't go as the Word planned, you know the devil can beat you over the head where you never try that again. And that's his game. He wants to discourage you so bad that you never put your hands on another person and say, be healed. He wants you to never tell another person if you're a tither and a giver, God's going to bless you. He wants to use every opportunity of failure to discourage you from using the Word of God. <laughs> Verse 18 said, And this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord. And I said, She's died. And I cried some more. I cried some more. And this afternoon, I had not taught this lesson since Bible school, so I really had forgotten all about this scripture because this has been several years back. And when I was looking at that this afternoon, sitting out on the patio, I said, Lord, why did you tell me to read 2 Kings 3.18? No matter what condition her body was in, it was still a light thing unto the Lord. It didn't have anything to do with the condition. It didn't make any difference if it was her last day on earth and the glory was fixed to be prayed down on her. That was a light thing unto God. And I said, why did you tell me that? She died anyway. He said, well, you never did really go back and, and read what they were talking about. And I said, well, I'm so sorry, Lord, because this is what happened. Jehoshaphat had gotten himself involved with some other kings and they had made a trip. I'm not going to read all of it. You can read it yourself. And they made a trip across the wilderness with all 100,000 lambs and 100,000 lambs and 100,000 rams with wool. And when they got over there, they were without water. They didn't have any water. So these kings began to cry out, well, we need a prophet over here. And one of them spoke up and said, well... He said, I heard that this Elisha, the son of Zaphat, he poured water on the hands of Elijah. And Jehoshaphat said, well, the word of the Lord's with him. So the king of Israel and Jehoshaphat and the king of Edom went down to him. Verse 13, And Elijah said unto the king of Israel, What have I to do with thee? Get thee to the prophets of thy father and to the prophets of thy mother. And the king of Israel said unto him, No, the Lord's called these three kings together to deliver them into the hand of Moab. And Elisha said, As the Lord of hosts liveth before whom I stand, surely if it was not that I regard the presence of Jehoshaphat. I'm telling you people, you can get a miracle for somebody else just because of who you are. And it's, not, it's a light thing in the sight of the Lord still. He said, If it wasn't for Jehoshaphat, I wouldn't even look toward thee nor see thee, but now bring me a minstrel. They're fixing to pray down the glory. And it came to pass when the minstrel played that the hand of the Lord came down on him. And he said, Make the valley full of ditches. And when I read that today, the Spirit of the Lord spoke to me and he said their miracle was only limited by their ditches. He said she would never dig a ditch to hold her water. 
she wouldn't take a ditch baby for thus saith the Lord you shall not see the wind neither the rain yet that valley shall be filled with water that they all may drink both ye and your cattle and your beasts and this is but a light thing in the sight of the Lord you can pray down the glory and a miracle will happen but you're going to have to know faith to maintain you're going to have to dig your ditch you're going to have to dig your reservoir to hold the anointing, to hold the glory. And that's what he told me about that. He said she would never dig a ditch. She never made a decision to do what she was supposed to be doing. She wouldn't dig a ditch of faith. Praise God. Amen. Well, when the glory is prayed down, you're given the greatest opportunity to relieve the pain, your problem, your circumstance, then you're going to have to maintain with the word. Amen. You praise, you honor, you magnify, you supplicate. And let me read one more scripture and we'll close. In Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 1 through 3. I'm just going to read it from the Amplified. Said a prayer of Habakkuk the prophet, set to wild, enthusiastic, and triumphal music. O Lord, I've heard the report of you and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. He's supplicating. In the midst of the years, make yourself known. In wrath, earnestly remember, love, pity, and mercy. And God approaching for Sinai. He came from Tema, which represents Edom, and the Holy One from Mount Paran. And he said, His glory covered the heavens, and the earth was full of his praise. And his brightness was like the sunlight. Rays streamed from his hand. And there, in that sunlight splendor, was the hiding place of his power. Amen. And we know in Psalms 91, said, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And under that shadow of the Almighty, when you get in the presence of Almighty God, you pray down the glory. Jesus himself shows up as he did with a lady. And he, she saw a vision and he spoke to her. Amen. As the glory of God fell upon those students and they began to get directions and hear from God. As the glory came down upon that, that lady that we so dearly love. And uh, the Spirit of God, the power of God, Jesus would manifest. I'm talking about instant. Instantly the swelling would go down. Instantly the lungs were relieved. Instantly the kidneys begin to function. And I'm not talking about all this happening one day. This was over a period of times that we went. I mean, we were faithful. And sometimes it wouldn't take very long. And other times we'd pray two, three hours, wouldn't we? Two or three hours. And we never went tired. Don't ever start out tired. We went early in the morning. 9.30, 10, we was there every morning to come and pray down the glory. We'd sing, we'd worship, we'd pray in tongues, we'd stir ourselves up with the Word of God. We'd get into the holy place, and I tell you, if we could have opened our eyes, we'd seen Jesus standing right there, putting his hands on her, and that swelling leaving her instantly. I mean, the glory would fall. God manifesting himself in all of his acts and all of his attributes, glory to God, clearing up her mind, healing her body. Hallelujah. Praying down the glory. Amen. Pastor? There will be a manifestation of the Lord Jesus Christ. The building may shake. I don't care. It will be a powerful thing. Always. Praise God. Praise God. That's the third time we've taught on that and may teach on it again next Sunday night. But you need practice in that area. You need practice in that area. Praise God. Praise God. You know, smaller the groups, the more you can get in one accord. And, and as you, if you've ever seen the glory prayed down, you know, we've talked about it for the last three weeks, praying that glory down. Sometimes this is a desperate situation where there's got to be a manifestation of God. Just like she's talking about, you've got to pray it down on somebody that will receive it. Do you know, a lot of times, these two hands, the, the, all that is is jumper cables. That'll give you a boost. That's, all, that's what those laying hands are. That's what it's for. But it, it takes someone to hold that charge. And only faith holds the charge. Praise God. Praise God. Stand up on your feet. Well, Glory. Glory to God, glory to God, glory to God, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord. Well, glory, glory to God, glory to God. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you. 
I praise you. I honor you. I thank you that these people are understanding truth. I'm thanking you that the Holy Ghost is teaching each of us that we may grow up into you and do your bidding here in this earth. We thank you that we are vessels that you can use. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah.